Here at Michigan Family Wellness, we believe chiropractic care and nutritional-based therapies are a foundational part of a healthy family lifestyle. No matter where you're at in the mitten, having a family is such an exciting time of life. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by stress, fatigue, and responsibilities with the kids, we invite you to become part of this empowering community to create happy, healthy families. By providing engaging interviews and practical applications, Dr. Wallner cultivates family health by equipping our listeners with the tools they need to elevate wellness in their own family. Dr. Wallner passionately serves the Michigan community at his chiropractic and nutrition-based practice, where he specializes in pregnancy, pediatrics, and family wellness care. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kyle Wallner. Good day, families, and welcome home. That's right, my name is Dr. Kyle, and this is the Empowering MFW Family, and we are so glad to be with you today. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to thank you for tuning in. The health of you and your family is your number one priority. It is your greatest asset. The best way to have a healthy family is by living a family wellness lifestyle. So if you're looking for efficient, effective, and sustainable ways to elevate your health and the health of your family, then I strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable because we have an amazing show for you today. Well, hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast, live from Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. Today we're talking with Doctor of Physical Therapy Ryan Tisdale. Thanks so much, Ryan, for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Excited awesome. to be yeah. here, Kyle. Beautiful day. I we couldn't have picked a better Michigan day here to uh, really should have shot outside, like exactly. we were saying. Yes, we, we got all our outside. lights and cameras set up. Though, exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, tell us a little bit more about Kinesis and your background as a Doc of Physical Therapy. Yeah, so um, Kinesis PT and Performance uh, is a unique place because we get to work one-on-one with our patients uh, for the entire hour of the session. We really focus on uh, the running community in particular and trying to correct uh, their running mechanics, how they move, and just allow them to be able to run pain-free. A lot of times in physical therapy, I think people get caught up in the fine details and they have a hard time seeing the entire picture, you know, the, the saying, what is it? You can't see the forest through the trees or some, something along yes. those lines, but um, they'll get hung up at looking at, at an ankle joint or a knee or a hip instead of looking at the runner as a whole movement system and specifically how they run. So at Kinesis, that's what we get to do. We take a look at the entire movement system, how runners move, and specifically how do they run and how is that interacting with uh, what symptoms they may be presenting with. So, Brilliant. I can't wait to get more into the meat and potatoes of that conversation. Just brief context for our listeners here as well. We had met through the Plymouth Canton Wellness Coalition, yes. which I highly recommend to people out there. Uh, if, you're, if you're a provider, if you're a wellness practitioner, if you're a body worker, a physical therapist, chiropractor, whoever, Big plug for the Plymouth Canton Wellness Coalition. If you're in the Novi area where Kinesis and Ryan and his wife Kayleen are, or if you're in Plymouth, Canton, Northville, the surrounding Southeast Michigan area here, we'd love to have you. So just quick plug for the PCWC there. And yeah, let's go ahead and get into it, Ryan. Briefly, I will say, you know, a lot of people know us as just a family wellness practice, but yeah, you know, 
mothers, fathers, your everyday adult is dabbling with running, getting into running, doing half marathons, doing marathons. So we do see a lot of runners. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not like a backbone or a, uh, a foundation of our practice, sure. if you will. But I do love working with runners and helping people out, you know, running more efficiently, running more effectively, and just using the, the spinal chiropractic adjustment as a collaborative therapy with a lot of what you're doing, with a lot of what Kayleen's doing yeah. over there at Kinesis to help people run more pain-free, more efficient, and more effective. So Absolutely. Well, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head. It is something that so many people do because it's accessible and it's a, it's a great form to exercise. Yeah. I mean, there's not really a, a huge barrier to entry in terms of cost. Really, if you can find some tennis shoes or if you prescribe to the barefoot running philosophy, you don't even necessarily need shoes to, to get in. So sure. we see so many different Americans kind of jump into running for that yeah. reason. Yeah. So there's so many different ways to get into this conversation with you here. Let's just let's just dovetail off that. Tell okay. us more about, you know, what you see people do in terms of getting into running, you know, common mistakes. We, we talk about importance of movement quality in life. Yeah. Everything and anything there. Yeah, I well, I, I think I think that's it right there. Unfortunately, I, I I see most people when they get into running, they don't really take an approach. Um, they just kind of wake up and go, you know, what? I I think I'm gonna take up running today. I'm gonna go buy some good shoes, and those good shoes by themselves are gonna prevent injury because that's what the the running shoe stores say. And that's that's not to say that shoes aren't important. They are, um, but that's also kind of a I don't know what the word is, brash or a little bit risque way to jump into running, especially let's say you're a desk jockey who works at a desk for 40 to 50 hours a week and you mm -hmm. haven't been doing anything mm -hmm. and you're just going to go out and pound the pavement for five, three miles, seven miles, whatever. Um, there's definitely good programs you can follow out there. Some people do the couch to 5K, but even doing those programs, they don't necessarily address the actual, actually uh, underlying movement or technique of running. Um, so I always encourage people to start off with uh, looking into either pose method is what we use pretty commonly at Kinesis. We're also familiar with Chi. Um, I know that's something you had mentioned, Dr. Kyle, mm -hmm. uh, as a, a methodolo or methodology uh, and a technique to running because it is absolutely a skill. And if you are not a skilled runner, typically end up seeing people like ourselves right, and right. having similar conversations. So yeah. um, without me talking more about pose, do you want to kind of talk about chi running a little bit and the, sure. just the, the basics? Because yeah. from what I understand, there's there's a lot of overlap. So. Okay. Yeah. And I would say I'm less familiar with pose. Um, but to your point, uh, I'm vaguely familiar with chi running in the sense that they really prescribe or they really recommend trying to get people to run uh, efficiently and effective, you know, these terms like running economy, which I think mm -hmm. we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. it's, it's this whole idea of trying to run pain-free. So I hear a lot of people talk about how running is often just a series of one-legged stances just in succession, and you're kind of just leaning forward there from your ankles, and you're trying to have gravity pull you forward and, and really leverage the force of gravity to your advantage so that you're not trying to have to work so hard to run aerobically uh, and just use a ton of energy and make it more of like an anaerobic type thing mm -hmm. and uh, just bleed, just, you know, waste energy uh, everywhere, which can also prevent a lot of injuries as well. 
you know, I'm sure you'll talk about, about the ground reactive forces, but it's like, man, if we're always, if every step that we take has way too high of an impact on our kinematic chain, love that name there, by the way, with your, with your practice, yeah, kinesis, you. <laughs> we're going to have injury, we're going to have breakdown where, wherever that breakdown happens to be in the kinematic chain, whether it's the ankle, knee, hips, spine, pelvis, you name it. And so I think chi running, you know, Danny Dreyer is, mm -hmm. is the author and kind of creator of mm -hmm. that. Been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think he's got a lot of really good methodology and techniques, especially for learning how to run slowly. You yeah. know, that whole, that whole adage or thinking of like, okay, you crawl before you walk, you walk before you run. I think Danny does a good job at really distilling it down, making it super simple and almost starting with walking, like, you know, make, let, let's try and have you be an efficient walker and, and really focus on getting your cross crawl reflexes going well, um, using your arms when you run. You know, I, I, I laugh uh, with that thought because right now my daughter, I'll watch her run and she's like all legs. I'm trying to get her <laughs> yeah. to use her arms more yeah. uh, to actually run uh, more biomechanically sound. Yeah. And uh, so she's working on it, but it's, it's, it's a work in progress there. But even with that, if someone's having a difficulty, you know, whether they're just a beginner or whether they're having low back pain like we're talking about here mm -hmm. today, or whether they're even a seasoned athlete and they're really into the high endurance, the long distances, halves, fulls, even the um, ultras mm -hmm. or even the Ironman triathletes type stuff, you know, you can really benefit a lot from slowing things down, running really slow, really well, or even walking really well. And then translating that into, or scaling that, if you want to use more of a business term, scaling that into more of that 180 cadence, you know, yeah. steps per minute, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, did you want to talk more about pose then or kind of some overlaps with that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, th I think uh, you mentioned building off that and having a foundation, especially even, even the higher level athletes. Let's say you're somebody who is uh, a seasoned runner. Um, but you're looking to improve your performance or decrease uh, the rate of injuries or risk of injuries, looking into and applying these different methodologies can be a, a great way to do that. And like you said, with Chi, Pose talks about um, the same ideas in terms of the correct running posture. So making sure we have the correct alignment through our hips, our shoulders, our spine, our pelvis is in the right position, uh, making sure our contact with the ground is mm -hmm. underneath of us so that we're not actually losing kinetic energy on every step. Mm -hmm. We're actually using gravity to our advantage, leveraging right. gravity, mm -hmm. um, so that the elastic properties of your ankle, foot, your lower leg, as they contact the ground, can actually propel us forwards instead of have us fall backwards. Um, when our foot lands out in front of us, if you've heard the term overstride, uh, that's where we get those increased ground reaction forces coming back up the chain. That's where you start to see too much pressure getting put on the ankle foot. Um, the knee is specifically, I see that a lot in our clinic and it can translate all the way up to the low back too. Dr. Kyle talked about the running cadence. So that 180 steps per minute and being skilled at running slow. That's something that Pose talks about. If you're running under that 180, you're going to be in what we call an overstride, right? Again, overstride, meaning you're hitting out in front of your center of gravity and you're basically going to be fighting gravity on every step of your running stride. So both Chi and Pose, they prescribe or promote that higher cadence. Chi's like 170 to 180, Pose is saying 180 plus. So I always say when you hear different people saying similar things, um, that's something to take note of. So again, 
learning how to maximize your running posture alignment, how to utilize gravity to your advantage, meaning your foot contact with the ground, and also how to utilize the elastic principles or elastic uh, properties rather, mm. uh, the musculotendinous junctions and rather than hanging out on the passive structures mm -hmm. of, of the joints and ligaments are essential to running efficiently mm -hmm. and running safely. But like we said, there's a reason yeah. why it's an Olympic sport, right? It's, right? It takes a high degree of skill yeah. uh, and technique. This podcast is brought to you by Michigan Family Wellness, where we believe in helping families live thriving, vibrant lives. With the right guidance, your body has the ability to respond and adapt to the challenges in your life so that you can be healthy. At Michigan Family Wellness, we build resiliency solutions through our proven framework and empower you to become the best version of yourself. Contact us at 734-335-0533 with any questions or go online and schedule an appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com and start your path towards better health today. So we kind of danced around the topic of injuries and specifically we're, we're talking about low back pain and how it relates to runners today. Do you mind kind of diving in and saying what you see with some of your people that come in here, the runners, um, what are some of the common deficiencies or impairments you see amongst them? Excellent question. So it's very basic for my practice. Again, just working with your everyday adult population, mm -hmm. people who are just trying to get outside if it's nice out sure. and just trying to put some, some miles under their feet. Like you had mentioned earlier, Ryan, oftentimes there is a selection of footwear that's not the best for them. They're yeah. overstriding. <laughs> Their, their cadence or their steps per minute or however you want to think of it, sure. steps per second is not quite right. And their leaning or their, their kinematics, their biomechanics are not quite right either. And so something I love about how we're designed as the you know, human body and, and created is such that our foot and the position of our head, everything from the foot to the head, everything in between is really designed towards this forward lean, this, this very easy and efficient posture of running, or like I said earlier, that series of one-legged stances. Mm -hmm. So learning how to do this properly and right, or you know, taking someone that does have low back pain, it's really almost deconstructing and going back to those simple basics. And then from there, building upon that, identifying misalignments, identifying structural tension, identifying maybe it's a cue that they need, you know, a, a sensory cue, more of a mental cue, a coaching cue that can really just be all the difference in the world for helping their running to be more effective. Uh, I know we were talking about, let's just take the pelvis, for example, you know, I almost feel hypocritical here. We're sitting, you know, <laughs> we're in that flexed hip position here, yeah. but man, having, having those psoas muscles lengthened and released can make such a difference if someone's got that anterior tilt posture with their pelvis here. Let's see if I can just demonstrate that a little bit here on the spine without knocking it over. <laughs> so yeah, you know, if they've got a pelvis with some really tight hip flexors here coming off, again, that's the front of the lumbar spine. Not, right. not a lot of people think about that. You know, they think, ah, doc, it hurts back here. You know, why, why are we doing stuff up here? Right. So I try to help people understand you've got these huge two big cables, the psoas, the iliopsoas, even the iliacus here coming off of the, the bowl of the ilium. And just simple, I'm not even talking about chiropractic adjustments yet, just simple muscle work right. can make such a huge difference. Because again, the goal with running 
is to have hip extension. If you don't have hip extension, then you're not going anywhere. Right. Right. So it's like, yeah, you can have these awesome glutes. You know, you can do uh, great glute exercises and, 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 and hip exercises for the glutes and everything. Nothing against that. But man, if, if those hip flexors, if that iliopsoas is just too tight, that is going to bring that pelvis forward. And that is going to make a more challenging context for you to run longer distances for sure um, with that. You know, I think another thing I hear about Ryan is, especially living in Michigan, we'll have lots of months of the year where it's just cold and it's just hard to run outside. Yeah. So people go to the gym and they get on their treadmill right? and uh, they just kind of pound the treadmill for quite a, quite a while. And I think a lot of injuries can come from that too. I think we have to remember as well, it's, it's a repetitive movement. It's a repetitive movement pattern. So if you're going to do something like a thousand times, you want to make sure you can, you can do it properly if you're going to add that kind absolutely. of volume, yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, or, or even like with strength training, you know, if you're working on your bench press or if you're working on your deadlift, it's like, can you do one really good before you start doing five sets of five, you yeah. know, and then more than that? Could, yeah, couldn't so, agree more. Yeah. So same, same idea or same concept. It's like, okay, can, can we run really well? Like we talked about earlier, slowly, but I, I would even say this just came to my mind as I was thinking about the treadmill idea, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about tools and techniques later. Mm -hmm. But the the whole idea of if you can and, and nothing against, against the treadmill, treadmill is fine. But if you can slightly angle that treadmill up, like on a one or a two incline, depending on your preference, I'm not talking like a seven or eight, sure. just a slight incline there. That can real and, and this is more of a flat, just standard treadmill. Mm -hmm. That can really help you keep your foot strike when you talk about the ground reactive forces more so on that midfoot or forefoot, and really keep you off your heels, regardless of what shoe you're wearing. Exactly. I do recommend more of a minimalist mm -hmm. shoe if people like the vibrams and the five fingers. I'm sure you're with me on this as well. You just you got to acclimate properly to mm -hmm. those kinds of footwear. But I would definitely endorse the more minimalist footwear out there that's going to have more of that zero drop. Uh, that's kind of a, a buzz term amongst the, the shoe community out there. I know zero shoes are really well to, you know, just drop a few brand names. New Balance has a lot of good stuff. Brooks is really good. Hoka's are excellent. Yeah. The other thing too that comes to mind, I know I'm going just tangents here, <laughs> on, tangents okay. on tangents. That's all right. These phones these days are incredible. We were talking about that earlier and they have the slow motion mode. So even if you can get a buddy or if you have a small tripod or just lean it up against a coffee mug or something, put your phone down on your driveway or your treadmill or whatever, do a slow motion video of your running gait and then watch that back. Look at yourself in the same way that a golfer would, you know, record their swing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, I think there's just tremendous benefit that can come from utilizing your phone, that slow motion feature yeah. uh, to just see like, okay, you know, am I really, you know, slamming my heel into yeah. the ground? It, how is my cadence? Yeah. You know, what? how do my muscles yeah. look as I'm running? Can I actually see tightness or can I see that anterior pelvic tilt? Absolutely. I'm that's, sure you recommend people do well, that. Absolutely. That's actually one of the things we do with every runner that yeah. comes into our clinic. We do a running gait analysis and that's exactly what yeah. we look at. Um, yeah. We do a, a frontal plane, meaning mm -hmm. uh, we watch them from behind to see if we see any pelvic drop or abduction, internal rotation of the femur, meaning the knees kind of diving in towards each other much pronation do we see happening at the foot? Pronation gets demonized, I think, by a lot of people. It's fine if it's controlled. It becomes a problem if we get stuck in this point of pronation. We don't resupinate through the gait cycle. Yeah. And it drives uh, 
the kinematic chain with it. Sure. So yeah, this is. I was going to say, help us say, define pronation. Yeah. So for for those of you who aren't familiar with pronation and supination, or even if I'm looking at the foot right here, just to get you oriented, this is a right foot. This is our tibia, so our shin bone. Here's our heel. So as somebody strikes the ground in a normal walking gait, it should be with the calcaneus first. As they roll through, what starts to happen is pronation through the midfoot. So mm. you'll see these tarsal bones start to go down towards the ground. And as they go into toe off, there's this beautiful thing called a metatarsal break here. As you roll through your toes, that causes the foot to start to resupinate, creating a rigid lever to push off of. In running, because we shouldn't really be hitting with our heel out in front of us, as we right. talked about before, we're not actually harnessing the elastic properties of our musculotendinous junctions. We're losing all the energy that gravity could be giving us when we do that. We should be landing in more of a midfoot or forefoot strike, assuming that is underneath our center of gravity or underneath our hips. So what you'll see people do is they'll start to pronate, but if they pronate so much that the tibia and the fibula gets stuck in a state of internal rotation, meaning your knee starts to get oriented inwards, your femur, your thigh bone starts to turn in, the pelvis can also drop. And as, as somebody who looks at runners quite frequently, that is a very common cause of a host of origins. I have adopted a saying from one of my professors in PT school, the tissue is not the issue. So as yeah. you described mm -hmm. with the low back, somebody comes in with low back pain, but really the issues up front with the psoas muscles, the tissue being the low back, being irritated, the facet joints, or perhaps the nerve roots, whatever's going on back there, um, we have to address what is actually causing that irritation. Yeah. So that's something in runners we see. And like I said, we, we take a look at running mechanics and gait. Now, if you don't mind, I want to I wanna back up because I love what Please. you said about the treadmill in mm -hmm. terms of putting it at an incline because that's yeah. something we recommend. And I think a lot of runners, if they do it, they don't necessarily know why or okay. understand mm -hmm. why. And I like that mm -hmm. you touched on, it helps with the correct contact of your foot. Absolutely. If you ever ran up a hill, try heel striking while you run up a hill. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's ultimately impossible. So what it, what it forces you to do is actually be able to lean into the treadmill, very similar to what mm -hmm. we'd want to be doing outside of our running. So the difference in between a treadmill and, and running on flat ground outside is the belt's moving. All I gotta do is pick my feet up to, to keep up with it. Right. Versus outside, we have to create some of that forward momentum through an interaction with gravity. Mm -hmm. So we talk about power output, anaerobic, aerobic, all this other stuff, but a lot of times kinesiologists of all types, whether chiropractors, PTs, strength conditioning coaches, you name it, we disregard the fact that we live and move in a gravitational field. And mm -hmm. even though a treadmill is a, a great way to keep running through the winter, it is artificial because we get to almost create that movement without having to fall into gravity or to utilize gravity for that forward propulsion. So doing something by inclining the treadmill, like you said, one, two, three degrees, nothing mm -hmm. very high, that minimal of the incline can help runners actually start to lean into the treadmill a little bit more, similar to what you'd want to be doing when you're outside running off the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment and remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. 
We believe in healthy, vibrant families who can adapt to the stress in their life. In order to build a healthy family, we start by caring for one person at a time. If this message resonates with you, then I invite you to schedule an online appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com. Hey, and if you're enjoying today's episode, go ahead and share this podcast with someone else who can benefit from today's empowering conversation. All right, guys, let's get back to today's episode. Yeah, that section there, Ryan, was excellent. I think there was just so much in there that even I want to go back and like watch that. You know, the way you're moving the foot there was just really cool. One thing that comes to mind to help people get an idea of how that of how that lean feels. What I've heard of before, and I believe this comes from Dr. Mark Kukazella, who we actually interviewed on the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast here. So if nice. you scroll back through the podcast catalog, you can check out. Dr. Mark Kukazella, he's great friends with Danny Dreyer okay. and a lot of these Pose people. Yeah. He's a guy out in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, yep. uh, has his own barefoot running store, does the Air Force Marathon every year. Great doc, great runner, fantastic barefoot runner. Mm-hmm. So if you just want inspiration, like vi- visual visualization help with running properly with good form, check out some of Dr. Mark's oh, videos yeah, out he's there. Yeah, got great content for yes. places to start. Uh, inspirational, I would put it, you know, that high is, is pretty much how I think about it. Um, but one thing he'll talk about is if you can just stand in front of a wall, basically have your toes touch the wall, you're standing upright, good posture. I'm sure you do this with your patients too. And maybe even just step back like half an inch or maybe an inch. But what you're trying to do with this is you're trying to just lean forward from the ankles. So, you know, you're keeping your hips pretty much in line and steady, but you're trying to lean forward from the ankle here so that you get that little bit of ankle flexion. And then you can almost like touch the wall with your hands or just like catch yourself that far because really that's all you need in terms of that forward motion that you'll feel gravity start to pull you forward. Mm -hmm. And then really, I mean, that's it. I mean, you, you can get a nice cadence just from that nice lean. And um, something that Dr. Mark will talk about and Danny Dreyer is in terms of, okay, like that is running in a nutshell. Now, if you want, if you want to run faster, all you do, it's like gears on your bicycle. Okay. So if you want to, if you want to pedal faster or if you want to go faster on your bicycle, well, what do you do? Well, you go up a gear, you know, you, you increase the gear to, to go faster. So with running, they'll talk about how your forward lean, metaphorically speaking, is your gears yep. on your bicycle. So if you want to run faster, you just lean forward more. You yep. keep everything else the same. Yep. Yeah, your stride might increase a little bit, you know, but starting with that shorter stride is going to help you decrease those ground reaction reaction forces, keep your pelvis over your feet there. But then, yeah, once you start to lean forward even more, you're going to increase that stride length. You're just going to run faster. It's going to feel effortless. And I would say this from my own personal experience, Ryan, you might get to a point, at least if you're like me at all, it's like your legs are going so fast, you're feeling so good, and now your heart can't keep up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, as, I, as I hit the microphone, your heart can't keep up with your body because your heart's not that conditioned, and you're like out of breath, even though you feel euphoric because you get that runner's high. You're like, Absolutely. oh, this feels so good. But now my lungs and my heart, it's more of a cardiovascular, cardiometabolic sure. thing and less of a musculoskeletal thing. Yeah. I know that's another tangent, but thoughts on that. No, what, does a- that elicit? Mm-hmm. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, that's actually the way he describes it in terms of the lean. That's very similar to what we, we teach our clients when they come in, uh, when we run some of our running technique 
courses. Yes. Um, I always describe to people the iconic Michael Jackson smooth criminal music video. So <laughs> if you're familiar with it, you'll get what I'm saying. But essentially, uh, Michael Jackson locks his shoes in on stage, but you can't see that. And he does this crazy forward lean. So he's got a straight line from his hips down to his ankles, meaning it's just a straight line all the way through. And what was amazing about that is because he defies gravity, right? And then he pulls himself back up. Now, without those special shoes that locked into the stage, that wouldn't be possible. Um, so I described that to people so they can get an idea of what I'm talking about, what that lean should look like. And then I asked them to just very slowly do that while they're standing in place. I don't put a wall in front of them because I, what I want them to feel is as they start to do that, they have to step out in front of themselves to essentially catch themselves. So understand that gravity can actually take you forward without zero muscular effort of your own. It's just allowing yourself to go forward with that fall or forward lean. Mm -hmm. That's something I think takes a high degree of skill. Yeah. Hence why you see athletes or Olympic sprinters at the highest level. They're very good at doing that. It takes a very high level of neuromuscular control and drive yeah. to be able to pick your feet up and put them down at the perfect time to be able to maintain that type of lean. And for any of you that are fans of track and field, I'm sure you've seen sprinters as they're crossing the line. Some people think it's a dive at the end, but mm. they're actually falling. They're falling forwards because they are leaning so hard or falling with such an aggressive angle. Sometimes their feet can't catch up. Uh, mm -hmm. I've actually experienced that as a track athlete myself. And it's a, it's a weird phenomenon yeah. to feel yourself <laughs> all over the front of your feet onto your belly. But it happens when, when you're running that way. So as I said before, when you hear multiple people and experts, especially from different backgrounds, different approaches, saying very similar things, that's, that's something to take note of and something both Chi and Pose have in common and, and very crucial to increasing performance, but also reducing the risk of injury and, and incidence of it. So we're supposed to be talking about back pain. I know we're going on tangents here. Why don't we circle back and yeah. try, try totally. to take that back into how does this relate to back pain? What do we see in runners with our back pain and what do we do to, to help them out? Yeah, so we talked about hypertonic psoas muscles. We talked about that anterior pelvic tilt. Yeah. We can talk about everything from, you know, again, keeping in, in theme with that musculoskeletal perspective. Yeah. You can have your external hip rotators, your piriformis, all of your obturators not firing properly. So for everyone who may not know, the piriformis and obturators and external hip rotators are going to be all on the back of the hip there. Mm -hmm. So tension, I mean, even this is where piriformis can come in, sciatica type presentations, which can be involved with low back. You can have everything from issues going on with the feet. You can have a subluxated foot. You can have, you know, tension in that mortise joint right here. That's one thing I love doing as a chiropractor is not only am I looking at the integrity of the vertebral system, but we're also looking at the integrity of the foot. We're doing foot adjustments on people. We're making sure that they have good alignment in all of these joints, you know, 28 bones in the foot, Ryan. It's like if any of these is not properly aligned or moving well, lack of motion, I would say, is uh, more of the clinical indication, mm -hmm. then you're not going to have good kinematics there with your stride, with your running. Other things that come to mind, you know, I, I think about even from a clinical perspective, the, the anatomy train. So not just like individual muscles like psoas and piriformis and quads and that sort of thing, but how are these all linked together throughout the entire lower extremity and even throughout the entire body? So, 
you'll see a lot of deep front line tension. You'll see a lot of spiral line tension. You'll see yeah. a lot of uh, lateral line tension with a lot of that iliotibial band syndrome that can creep up into the low mm -hmm. back. But by far, you know, my favorite thing to do is to adjust the spine, get really good motion going in those facet joints, which we talked about earlier, those facet joints, uh, to make sure that we got good rotation. Because one thing that does come to mind now that you bring it up is that, and, and Danny Dreyer will talk about this in cheat running, he'll say that, yes, you know, you do get hip extension, okay, in the pelvis, but that's not the extent, like that, that extension can actually translate up into the lumbars as Absolutely. well, and even all the way up into the thoracolumbar junction, that T12, L1 area. Mm -hmm. And I'm big on that as a chiropractor because so many people are locked up right here because there is actually a change in the facet planes at that junction, just mm -hmm. like there's a change in the facet planes at the junction of the cervical thoracic. So why do I mention this? Because if you are locked up or if you're subluxated in that junctional area, you are not going to be, I don't care how great your hip extension is, uh, you are not going to be able to get that extra drive forward or posterior with your hips there if you can't have good translation of that extension up into your lumbars and your TL junction. So making sure you have good movement there. And again, that can be a result of a lot of that forward flexed posture. If you're a desk jockey working from home all day at the computer, at the desk, just sitting all the time, it's very easy to get locked up and subluxated right here. So I think it is just super imperative to make sure you have good motion there so that you can get that nice push off and feel that go kind of all the way up into your lower part of your mid back really. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just, again, it's going to, it's going to be a game changer for your running, for your gait, for your stride. It's going to feel so much more effective and really makes a lot of all the strength, uh, all of the exercises and the rehab things that you're doing with people even much more effective as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, one thing I want to reiterate for people, I, I hear it, I hope you're hearing it as well, is Dr. Kyle, myself, we approach this, this, the human form is a movement system. It's not one joint that all works together from the ankle, foot, all the way up through the spine. If something is not working correctly, it can inhibit your movement, or if you're not moving properly, it can result in injuries either above or below within the kinematic chain. So if you're working with a professional who's hyper-focused on one area and you've been hyper-focused on one area of that part of your body, let's say it's low back pain, and you haven't sought out what's going on in my ankle foot, um, what's going on at my hips, what's going on at my TL junction, do I have the rotation, do I have the extensibility through my pecs to allow myself to rotate, how does my running mechanics look? Look for other people out there. There's a lot of people out there who talk similar ways as we do in terms of how they view the body. And this is this is something I think that's really important and starting to become yeah. more prevalent within, yeah. I'd say, the medical community. I, mm -hmm. I think for a long time it was yeah. kind of focusing on one joint. But yeah. uh, it's great to work with a professional like Dr. Kyle who, who gets it. Like, it's it's fun to talk shit. Yeah, likewise. So. <laughs> I, f I feel the same way in terms of the, the symbiotic nature yeah. of kind of what you guys are doing with Kinesis. Just as you're talking, it makes me think of the, the longevity of running. Mm -hmm. the sustainability of running. You know, if you have a, a running client, running patient, and you're like, hey, I want you to not run for a few days. They're like, yeah. wait, what do you, like, <laughs> yeah. you no. don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, so my point with this brief comment would be, you know, runners want to run for years, you know, for yeah. the next five years, 10 years. So that longevity, that sustainability, what we're talking about here today can really 
cater towards that longevity, that sustainability of running Absolutely. rather than these brief highs, if you will, or, you know, periods of interest in your life where you're like, yeah, this is super cool. This is great. I, I kind of have that runners kind of bent right now. Mm -hmm. And then because it is such a repetitive motion, you end up getting injured, which it's probably, I don't have the stats on this, but it's probably one of the activities or sports that just has the highest rates of injury because it is such a repetitive thing. What we're talking about is trying to not only recover from injury, but prevent injury from happening, happening even in the first place. So again, you know, work with some really good doctors of physical therapy, some exercise physiologists, kinesiologists. What is Kayleen's preferred uh, nomenclature for her? Because <laughs> right, you know, she doesn't a, like the whole personal she, trainer yeah, thing. Yeah, it's easiest to describe as yeah. personal training. I think right. the reason why she prefers not to go by that is because the profession has been cheapened by a lot of... And no offense to you, Instagram stars, but by mm -hmm. a lot of Instagram stars who sure. have weekend certification and not really a, a sound foundational understanding of kinesiology and human movement. It's a lot more than just trying to build muscles for a, a bodybuilding competition. It's yeah. trying to enhance the quality of life for people by enhancing how they move. So as Dr. Kyle yeah. is talking about running for life, that's something we try to do with our clients. We mm -hmm. want them to be able to do the things they enjoy doing, and which is for most of them is running over the course of their life, not just for a couple of years of yeah. this time where they really want to be into it and then they yeah. get hurt and can't do it anymore. Yeah. So Great book that comes to mind, by the way. You talk about running for your life. Uh, Dr. Mark has a book called Run for Your Life. Yep. Great book, so highly recommend that. Tell us more about McKenzie Extension, Ryan, and how you utilize that in your practice. Yeah, so McKenzie extension is typically something I use with acute onset back pain, especially if they're coming in and they have some recent onset radicular stuff. So for those of you who are not familiar with it, McKenzie extension principle, uh, it was actually formed by a guy, last name McKenzie, who mm -hmm. accidentally put a patient in the wrong position. He had are you familiar with this I don't story? think I've heard this story. No, okay, ahead, so yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. So the, the old school of thought used to be flexion, 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 mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. um, if we're looking at the spine, right. we have our patient laying on their back. Flexion would be like curling up. Extension, if they're laying on their stomach, would be bending back. The old school of thought was just flexion exercises over and over and over again yeah. if we have a patient mm -hmm. with low back pain. Mm -hmm. So he asked the patient to lie on the table and assuming they would lie on their back, not telling them which way to lie, he had the table already propped into an extension position. Ah, okay. So he walks out of the room and he comes back in, the patient's laying there in this super right. extended position. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh my gosh, you're not supposed to be laying that way. Has him get off. Well, mm -hmm. the guy gets off the table, he doesn't have pain anymore. So yeah. it started this process of trying to figure out what happened, why it happened. So right. again, when people come into the clinic, um, there's a few different ways you can go about it. I am not MDT certified or certified in McKenzie, so it is something I dabble in and use. But we'll typically start with something like a, a prone press up. And the idea is to basically be able to refine or reestablish some of that extension that may have been lost through the lumbar facet joints here. And it's just a real simple press, almost like a, a cobra, if yeah. you're familiar with yoga. Or if you're really bad at push-ups and you can't get your belly off the floor when you do a push-up, mm -hmm. we kind of push up into that range just until there's a little bit of discomfort. I always make sure there's no ridiculous symptoms going down the leg. Um, what we're looking for is a phenomenon called centralization, meaning 
symptoms are going to where the origin is versus peripheralization as they go down the leg. That's a, yeah. that's something we don't want. And you as a chiropractor, I'm sure cringe Correct. at. When, yeah. when I love the happens. shop talk, by the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's super simple, super easy for people to do at home. Yeah. Like you said, just kind of that, almost like that Cobra. Mm -hmm. I use McKenzie Extension just for everyday spinal uh, discogenic spondylosis, yeah. Yeah, uh, discogenic um, just disc problems, really yeah. anything disc related, mm -hmm. whether it be a herniation or everything related to the disc yeah. is uh, McKenzie Extension is just great for that. Yeah. And yeah, I just almost tell people, or have you heard of the Sphinx posture? Does that yeah, ever? Yeah. yeah. So like a Sphinx posture where, you know, you're almost kind of like on your elbows coming up into that Egyptian Sphinx mm -hmm. uh, pose there, if you will, for just some great McKenzie extension there. Simple stuff like that. You talk about taking your shoes off, just going for a walk, another simple, easy drill. Yeah. Things like that are just fantastic. You know, walking barefoot. Again, you know, we talk about how there's such density of neurotransmitters and not neurotransmitters, proprioceptors uh, in the feet. I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a density of proprioceptors in the feet. So this is kind of, you know, to drop more shop talk on you guys. If you've seen the homunculus, if you've seen that visual diagram of your brain relative to the density of sensory receptors in your hands and feet, uh, your foot is one of the highest places that you have here. And just going for that barefoot walk can, can be such a retraining thing for your gait, for your stride. Mm -hmm. I believe it's Dr. Mark who talks about this. He says, run in a way, let's say your kid chases their ball out in the street and, and you see a car coming and you want to go catch, catch your child before they get hit by the car. He says, and you've got your shoes off your barefoot. Okay. He says, run in a way where you would go and get your kid yeah. and prevent them from being hit by the car. Well, I can tell you right now, you're not going to be heel striking no. if you're barefoot yeah. and you're, you're not going to be, you know, slamming your heel into your ground and, and, and over striding and things sure. like that because you, it, you're, you will be forced to have a more natural stride, yeah. shorter stride, and, and you'll be more on your toes and ball of your foot, yeah. especially for sprinting. So. Aggressive and purposeful. Yes. That, yeah, absolutely. Yes. This podcast is brought to you by Michigan Family Wellness, where we believe in helping families live thriving, vibrant lives. With the right guidance, your body has the ability to respond and adapt to the challenges in your life so that you can be healthy. At Michigan Family Wellness, we build resiliency solutions through our proven framework and empower you to become the best version of yourself. Contact us at 734-335-0533 with any questions or go online and schedule an appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com and start your path towards better health today. So kind of building off the, the self-help techniques, the McKenzie stuff, Another thing I know I typically give people to do, because a lot of runners, um, if they're running longer distances, um, not as fast, they tend to lack hip range of motion. Yes. So we talk about hip extension, hip yes. flexion. So something I almost always give runners when they come in with some low back pain is some hip mobility exercises. Because if your hips don't move, right. your back's going to have to move excessively. Yep. Okay. Yep. Again, we talk about movement systems and how they're, they're interdependent on one another. So if you have to bend over or squat down to get something off the floor and your hips don't have enough ability to do that, you're still going to get down to the floor. It's mm -hmm. just going to come from somewhere else, whether it's your knees or your back. It's typically one of the segments immediately above or below. Yeah. So 
that's something else we we talk about for those of you who are familiar with it. Pigeon pose I like okay. a lot for yeah. yoga. Uh, lizard, like a lizard pose. Okay. There's some other ones that we've kind of created and developed. One that we stole from the Posture Restoration Institute. It's a, what we call a four-point posterior hip stretch. Yeah. So it's very similar to a pigeon, but instead of dropping back, right. we actually keep the femur vertical. Yeah. And the knee is oriented directly under the yeah. midline of the body. So right. it's almost like you use gravity yeah. um, and the pressure on the femur as yeah. a posterior force through the posterior capsule of the hip. Mm -hmm. So it creates a, essentially a protraction of mm -hmm. the pelvis on one side. So you mm -hmm. get adduction of the femur. Mm -hmm. And it works really, really well in terms of getting the, the posterior glute fibers to, to loosen up for people who have a hard time. We talked about the importance of the rotation to thoracolumbar junction for people who have a hard time with some of that lumbopelvic um, movement and mm -hmm. thoracopelvic dissociation. Yeah. That's uh, that's really huge. Yeah. So if you're having issues, those are some great places to start for self-help. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we I would even underscore even what you were saying too. Yeah. Hip mobility is so important, so imperative. So can't emphasize what you were saying enough. I, I also like, I'm not sure if you use this a lot, but just even hip transfers. Yeah. You know, if people have a swivel chair, yeah. I'll just uh, try to have them like think about your, your knees are windshield wipers. Exactly. You keep your feet right yeah. where they are and you just try to, you know, almost like flossing mm -hmm. your your hip joint there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm always trying to get better at that myself. You know, my right side is so tight. My left side's not that bad, but yeah, just simple things like that. And then that translates into improvement of quality of life, like in other areas, not just running, mm -hmm. uh, just everyday movements, whether you're bending down to get something out of, out of the refrigerator or you're trying to pick up your kid or yeah. whatever it might be, you get just systemic life benefit from uh, having better hip mobility, hip flexibility with that. So great point. To your question about kind of what else plays into this. Yeah, we talk about inflammation here. I mean, if you've got just systemic gut problems, if you're mm. not sleeping well, mm -hmm. if you're downing, you know, five, six cups of coffee just to feel like you can get by, man, I'm not even sure if running is the best place to start. Right. I, um, agree. I would say you've got to really address you know, mitochondrial function. You've got to address gut inflammation. We talked about earlier how once you put the pieces of the of the kinematic and biomechanical chain together and, and this running thing really clicks for you, mentally at least, you can get to a point where like just your, your cardio is not quite up to, like it can't quite keep up with your legs, at least how I experienced, or sure. your lungs. Yeah. So you've got, you've got to kind of think about how is my nutrition? How, how is my sleep schedule, my sleep patterns yeah. versus like, okay, well, I've been, you know, I've been binging Netflix or YouTube for the past, you know, couple of years. And I just want to jump off the couch now and start running. It's like, okay, uh, I support that <laughs> in, in, in principle, you know, I want people to be more less sedentary and, and moving more. However, don't think that you can just in a in a healthy way, start going out and running half marathons and marathons and these long distances right away. I think taking some time acclimating well, working with people like Ryan and Kayleen and just really dialing in uh, the movement patterns first is a much more efficient, effective, and sustainable way than just trying to go at it and potentially injure yourself in the process, especially if you're, you know, pounding the treadmill all the time. You know, one note on treadmills, I just want to mention Ryan as well. You've probably seen a lot of these things too. Some of these treadmills actually can go into a decline. Yeah for people yeah. and then you got these super cool new treadmills that are actually curved yeah so then you can like the, you know the true firm runners yep. and stuff like that 
where you can really drill. Now, this is for all you advanced people out there, for you know people that want all the gear, right? So you can get treadmills and trainers like that if running outside is too cold or if it's hard, yeah. you know, part of the weather or season or year there for you. Things like that can be really, uh, really effective for you. One thing I love too, tell us more about cross training. Like, so I hear you talk about like, okay, yeah, I want to get in more into running. I want to get better at my running. But I've heard you say things like, okay, well, what else are you doing? You know, yeah. are you only running or what else should, do you think people should be doing to complement their, their running? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've said a lot through this conversation that running is obviously a very repetitive motion. So there's certain muscles that tend to get hypertrophied for that reason. And if all we're doing is running straight forward in a line for miles and miles and thousands and thousands of steps, we tend to get the end result of muscular imbalances, meaning there's certain muscles that get overused and other ones that get underused. For example, one area I see as a problem is the tensor fascia lata, TFL. Yeah, it is a very important muscle. However, in the running cycle, it's working two out of the three phases. So in stance or when you're in support, it is functioning as a pelvic stabilizer to prevent hip adduction because it's a hip abductor. It is also a hip flexor. So as you're pulling your leg off the ground, it's working to flex the hip. The only time that leg is not working is as your foot is descending towards the ground. So these muscles become very dominant. So we talk about TFL, that muscle feeds into your IT band. And if that muscle becomes overly dominant compared to like your glute med, your glute max, external rotation fibers we mentioned before, that's where you start to see some issues with uh, IT band syndrome. You can see FAI, so femoral acetabular impingement happening at the hip, just because we don't have a proper balance throughout the pelvic stabilizer. Mm -hmm. So the idea of cross training is really to do other activities that are complementary to help support your running. So when people come into our facility that's doing exercises specifically for the external rotation and abduction fibers of the glute max, the glute med. It's doing exercises like a medial step down or a controlled single leg squat so that we're good with lumbopelvic stability and actually using the correct fibers with correct posture so that when you go out and you run, you can do this without injuring yourself. I also encourage people to find other activities that they enjoy doing, whether it's playing tennis or going for a hike, riding a bike, something that just engages the body and the mind really to move in a different way. I tell people all the time, exercises like a diet, um, mm. running is running's a great thing, but it, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing too. So like broccoli's good, chicken's good, but if all you ate was chicken and broccoli and had nothing else, you'd be very deficient of a lot of the nutrients you need. So I think it's important that exercise is treated similar to a diet in terms of you have a wide variety of movements because the body was designed to do a whole host of things. But in our modern westernized world, we don't do as many mm -hmm. things with it as we used to. So yeah, I second that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. All good stuff. I would love to plug kettlebells. A lot of people know mm -hmm. I'm a huge kettlebell fan. Even Dr. Mar Dr. Mark will talk about this and it doesn't have to be heavy kettlebells, mm -hmm. but just the, just the way that kettlebells really force your brain and your body to integrate a lot of the the chains or, or the fascial planes yeah. uh, in a very specific way that you don't quite get you know correct me if i'm wrong about this ryan but i would i would argue you don't quite get that kind of integration just with like dumbbells or other you know 
standard linear exercises. Yeah. There is something about the kettlebell that I think is a little unique and very conducive to running in the sense that when you go and if you do a, a little bit of work with kettlebells, and I'm not talking about heavy, complicated stuff, just very simple stuff, whether it be just a simple deadlift or some overhead presses or some simple swings, you know, to work yeah. on your hip hinge, things yeah. like that. And then you go back to your running. You know, I think there's a compliment too there with running be running being very aerobic uh, and, and being very, you know, just body weight. Mm -hmm. And then you add a little bit of weight with the kettlebell. So now you have that more strength training aspect. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're challenging your brain a different way. You're trying to add a little bit of resistance there mm -hmm. that can really be a nice uh, complement to each other uh, with that. So, yeah. yeah, but going back to the tensor fascia lata with it, with it being this time of year, can I get my pumpkin spice latte with that as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, love I couldn't it. resist. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the platform today. You know, we talked a lot about how we can help runners here, the everyday runner, the advanced athlete and everything. I just want to really recommend your services and everything with Kayleen's doing. You know, Ryan is looking for people who need some corrective exercises to help address an ongoing issue or injury. If you're that kind of person, definitely contact Ryan here. We'll get his contact information here and how you can reach out to him. Kayleen's looking for someone who is not presently in pain or have, or have an active injury but wants to be proactive about their health and improve or support their running abilities through programmed exercises, key key term there. So Ryan, how can people contact you and Kayleen and get plugged in over there at Kinesis? Well, I honestly, I think the best way we can make this work is if we throw some sort of link uh, below this or something on it so that they can get to the website. And once you get there, for new people, I love to hop on the phone with them and have a conversation about what they're looking for, uh, what they need, if they have in fact pain, have they seen a physician, just to make sure we're a good fit. Do I feel like I can help you? That's pretty much where we go. From there, it's deciding whether or not we need to schedule an evaluation. Like we said with Kayleen, if you're just somebody who's looking to be more proactive, it's scheduling a movement assessment or a fitness consultation with her as a, a free service. And she takes you through essentially what we do here at, at Kinesis and takes a look at what areas you could improve on and kind of works towards their goals with them. So awesome. That's it. Yeah, awesome. Thank That's you again awesome. for having me. Yeah, not on. a problem. Great talking with you yeah, here today. Absolutely. Guys, check out Kinesis. What's your website? KinesisPTandPerformance.com. Brilliant, brilliant. So yeah. guys, check that out. Again, MichiganFamilyWellness.com for anyone looking for spinal chiropractic adjustments or just really good musculoskeletal support with their running. And with that, we'll talk to you guys soon. We'll talk to you next time. All right, families, what'd you think? We'd love to get your feedback. If you would like to email me about anything you've heard on this or any previous edition of the Family Wellness Lifestyle Podcast, you may do so by writing Dr. Kyle at michiganfamilywellness.com and take full advantage of the Family Lifestyle Audio Library at michiganfamilywellness.com. Connect with us on social media at Michigan Family Wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in, families. Have an awesome week. And remember, we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. Now that you've been equipped with the latest in family wellness solutions, we want to encourage you to apply these strategies right away. But the thing is, there's still so much to learn. Connect with Dr. Walner's chiropractic and nutrition office by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and click the newsletter sign-up button to join the informative and supportive community of chiropractic wellness. You will also receive as a gift from Dr. Walner a copy of Michigan Family Wellness Solutions. 
an invaluable resource containing dynamic tools to elevate family health and vitality. Michigan Family Wellness wants to thank you for being part of today's podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review.